Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and articles on the internet. Go check them out right now, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael. It is a very, very cold day here. It is. I think it's a cold day maybe everywhere in America at this point. Dude, our, our feels like temperature was negative 20 today. That, that is like legitimately like life-threatening, dangerously cold. Yeah, it was very, very depressing. And it was one of those things where like so cold, you went outside for like a second and you were like, I think I might just go back in now. This is not seeming like anything I want to be a part of. No, I, I did not leave the house today. It's Martin Luther King Day. Uh, there was basketball on. It was a, it was a banker's holiday. Um, I, my new job is at a bank. I'm not a banker because that would that sounds like a terrible job. But uh, no no offense to our banker listeners out there, but it sounds sounds like a rough uh, way to earn a living. But so I worked okay. for a bank, so I got the day off. It was great. What games did you watch, Mike? Let's hear it. Did you see the Luka Doncic triple double? Did you see the the Sixers and Rockets? What What did you see? What did you see today? I saw Sixers and Rockets. You know that was a solid game. I did watch a little bit of that Bulls win. I didn't watch the. I think I, I, I came in late. You were hoping to see Carmelo, and then he wasn't out there for some reason. Uh, yeah, I was hoping to see the finally the Carmelo Anthony era uh in chicago uh what what are the like what are the odds that Melo actually plays a game for the bulls this year uh, zero uh, zero percent it sounds like it sounds like they're gonna wave him right or yeah try it's to trade a, him another themselves? another amazing uh ditch for money i mean it'd be nice they should just hold on to him until they have they have to get rid of him see if they can trade him like to the lakers or something like that well and like for as much crap as he caught, like okay, he's he is what he is at this point, and that's not the Carmelo Anthony of old, but like he can still do some things. Yeah, like he's it's kind of like what well maybe maybe not all the way, but it's kind of like what happened with Derrick Rose. Everybody's like that guy should be out of the league. And it's like no, Derrick Rose just needs to learn to play his position based on his skills. It's like the same thing with Melo. Like he's an off the bench scorer. Like if you wanted to bring him in and get some points during the you know during second team trash time, he would be pretty good for that. That's what I mean. And he's I mean he's proven the last few years that he can be about a league average three point shooter. You know I mean like he can just be that kind of sixth man scorer off the bench. And obviously he has to accept that role, which is, that's been the difficult part for him is realizing he's not the, the Carmelo Anthony. He once was, you know, the superstar player, but at the same time, like if he can come to grips with that and just want to play basketball, kind of like Derrick Rose is doing now, right? Like Derrick Rose was a superstar. Now he's a six man. Yeah. And I don't think Melo, I mean, Melo didn't have the hardcore injuries that Derrick Rose did. Derrick Rose worked his ass off to get back to where he is. Melo's just kind of on the tail end of his his career. So, like, is there a sixth man of the future in Melo? No, absolutely not. But, you know, would he be able to come in for a contending team and 
and maybe win a playoff game. Yeah, that, that's a that is potentially could happen. Yeah, I think this Rockets team, you know, like just thought he was going to be something different than what we saw last year in Oklahoma City, and I think that was the that was their mistake, right? It's like he is what he is. <laughs> yes, he is certainly mellow. Uh, whatever that happens to be right now. And I certainly don't think he is going to be fantasy relevant whatsoever, uh, especially if he's on the Bulls for the next you know few weeks or so. Um, don't see – if Jabari Parker can't get any time, I, I'm not really sure Mello is going to get any more. Jabari Parker is like a rich man's Mello. That's probably fair. I also need to uh, – I didn't, I didn't catch this game. But uh, I might need to retract what I said in the uh, very last episode of uh, Watching the Boxes. Kind of called out the fact that there's no way Jaleel Okafor is going to play uh, starters minutes and, and be relevant. And uh, he ended up playing 35 minutes and having a 20 and 10 game with two blocks. Uh, are, are you sh- – I'm shocked. What, what should we make of this, Tyler? Um, and, and we should have probably talked about this yesterday, right? So th- there are kind of four or five things that played in the favor of Jaleel Okafor in this game. One, the Grizzlies are always going to play big, right? Like at all times, they're going to have one or two of Jaron Jackson Jr., Marcus All, and Jermichael Green on the court. Meaning, you know, there's always going to be somebody Okafor can guard, right? Yeah, they'll need that. They need that body out there, right? Secondarily, it was a blowout game, allowing you know someone's got to play, and they don't really play the bench that much. So they still played Drew Holiday thirty nine minutes despite winning by twenty, but they did give a little rest to Randall and Etwan Moore. So that I think let Okafor get a few more minutes. And thirdly, Okafor made nine out of eleven shots, which is not going to stay. Yeah, I think we were right in our initial assessment of, like, Okafor is not the answer. Uh, Miritich is going to get more minutes. Randall, uh, even, you know, Etwan Moore, who only played 20 minutes. So this is a weird blowout game, like you said. Uh, I think we're right in our assessment. Uh, we just failed to uh, realize that the Grizzlies were next, and that would actually open it up. I, I think if this game was not a blowout, you would have saw less minutes from Okafor. Oh, I think that's a hundred percent. You know, hundred percent. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going out and picking Okafor out of my waiver wire at all. Um, but a lot of you did. Well, and so here's the the things to say about that. Okay, so one to two weeks. So you got to figure at least the rest of this week, Okafor is going to be so. Right. So let's look at the games they're going to play the rest of this week. They have three more games. Okay. They play Detroit, they play Oklahoma City, they play San Antonio. It's kind of a decent slate for Jaleel Okafor to get some minutes. They need a center against, definitely against Andre Drummond and Steven Adams. Yes. So now it's a Wednesday, Thursday back-to-back, which obviously it's hard to play somebody 35 minutes both nights of a back-to-back, but I could see Okafor getting around 30 minutes in both those games just because they need that big body out there. Um. Well, this, this might be the week for Jaleel Okafor then. Who, like we, we said this many times leading up to this point in the season, and here it is. 
there's going to be a weird name that comes out of nowhere that's suddenly relevant, that's suddenly playing some minutes due to an injury or a weird tanking situation. And here we are, January 21st, Julia Lokifer. I'll throw this out there. I think there's probably even going to be a quote-unquote weirder name. There'll be somebody who's like not even in the league right now that gets a 10-day contract at some point and is like semi-fantasy relevant. So I completely agree. So with this, uh, the rest of the schedule for the Pelicans, would you take a flyer on Okafor if you're in the need for like rebounds? Rebounds, yeah. I mean, it depends too on what your league looks like, right? Like, would I rather have Noah Vonley or Okafor? Probably Vonley. I feel a little bit better about him playing the minutes. Now, you know, if I and Okafor gives you a lot more upside for points than Vonley. Like we've seen when Okafor played big minutes, right? What did he do? He rebounded and scored. Now there wasn't a lot else with that, but there was pretty good percentages and you know, no three pointers, but that's okay. You know, you gotta know what you're buying. Um Okafor is not the worst shot, but at the same time, like people, I, I got a question today was like, should I drop Rondo or Thomas Sadoransky for Okafor? And I was like, well, if you need big man stats, that's fine. But I'd much rather have those other two guys for the rest of the season than I would Jalil Okafor. Yeah, same. And like, you know, if, if Tristan Thompson uh, ever, ever comes back, I, I feel like, Tristan Thompson is, is is a much better, more consistent starter than uh, Okafor. So, like, if you we're talking about just this week, Okafor seems like he's in play. Rest of the season wise, like I like I said, not even not even attempting to have him on my roster. Looking at uh, the rest of the league, you you mentioned Rajon Rondo, and looking at these waiver wires, a lot of people made a move on Jaleel Okafor. A lot of people are making a move on Melo. I think that's a bad idea because I don't think he's going to be playing anytime soon. Well, but a lot of people are picking up Rajon Rondo too. Let's let's talk about Melo for a second. Sure. Okay. Even at his best role for Carmelo now, like what is he really going to do that makes him super fantasy relevant other than maybe score like 14 points a game? I I can't think of one. Three pointers? Everybody gets three pointers. It's like, I can't think of anything. You know what I mean? And maybe, maybe hits like two, two and a half, three pointers a game. And that's making him, you know, he's a points and threes kind of stream. Uh, but other than that, like is five and a half rebound special. No is uh one assist special. No is half a block and half a steal special. Nope. No, like, I mean, look what he did last year on Oklahoma city, 16 points, two, three pointers, six rebounds. Half a block, half a steal. And that was in 32 minutes, right? Like, it's going to be hard for him to get 32 minutes no matter what team he goes to. That's in 32 minutes a game. So he was hovering around the the droppable list all last season. And, and in fact, at one point was definitely droppable. Um, And that's like the best-case scenario with 32 minutes a game. It's not going to happen. Well, and he actively hurts you in in – you know, so many categories with the bad percentages and the little to no assists. Like, I just don't really get adding Melo now. Sure, if we see a hot streak from Melo at some point in the season, he gets on a team and he's playing like 28, 30 minutes a night and he's shooting the ball well, then maybe I stream him in for a game or two. But other than that, like, why pick up and hold Melo for the next week, two weeks? Like, the Rockets couldn't trade him all season, basically. So. Yeah. Well, who makes anyone think Chicago is going to be able to? What it's going to happen is it's going to get past the trade deadline. Chicago will buy him out, and he'll go play for somebody maybe 
in a bed. He'll be in LA before we know. But even in that, like we're talking, we're still what almost three weeks away from the trade deadline. So you know why why hold this guy on your roster unless this is like a thirty team league or something crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense unless you're in a super super deep league. Uh, I do see a little bit more of the logic when it comes to Rajon Rondo. Um, oh, I he, see a lot of – I see a ton of logic when it comes to Rondo. He's due to be back uh, within the week or so, and Lonzo Ball is out for the next month, month and a half. So that is something we had not talked about. Uh, a lot of people going after Rondo right now on the waiver wires and, um, uh, and Josh Hart. Yeah, so when we look at Rondo, he – averages per 36 minutes for his career 9.6 assists he's been over that number or right at it in four out of the last five years so when you look at rondo like that that's why you're picking him up right you got to figure there's no other point guard they're calling up alex caruso from the g league and we've seen caruso in the past he's not that good so you got to figure they're probably going to give rondo what you know 28 to 30 minutes at least while Lonzo Ball is out, and it might even be more like 32 minutes, that probably means Rondo's going to get you like seven, eight, nine assists a game. Like that alone can swing that category for you in a lot of head-to-head matchups or make you come back a, a good ways in a Roto League. Now, you got to know what you're buying with Rondo. He's going to hurt you in spots, right? He's going to be a point guard that gives you relatively no three-pointers. Um the assists are just okay the last couple of years, right? He's only averaging like around one, which isn't great for a point guard. He's not scoring the ball a ton. Like if he cracks double digits, he'll be doing good for himself as far as points, but the rebounds are pretty good and he's going to give you great assists. Yeah. you. I think he, at this point in his career, everybody should know what Rondo is capable of. And even at this age, you know, the assists are there. The, uh, the steals are down, but they're still uh, relevant. And he's a decent rebounder for a point guard. So um, I would take a flyer on Rajon Rondo if he is available in, a, in really any standard league where you are desperate for some assists. I think that's a pretty much a no-brainer. Get him on your roster now. I think he's available in a – looks like – according to Yahoo, he is only owned in 43% of leagues. So that means he's available in quite a few leagues. Let's talk about another guy out in L.A., not Shea Gilders Alexander. I know everybody wants us to talk about it's the waiver wire episode. Um, Emmanuel Moutier or Shea Gilders Alexander are the two number one waiver wire players this season. We're not going to talk about those guys, even though Gilders Alexander had a, a monster game the other night in Golden State and then fell back off. Uh, expect that to uh, happen probably a couple more times this season. I'm talking about it's because Lou Williams was out for the record. That's true. Defensive juggernaut, Lou Williams. Um, excuse me. Uh, yeah, I guess he had to take the bulk of the load. Uh, poor, you know, Lou Williams. I'm actually talking about a different Clipper because this Clipper is back in action. Uh, played 42 minutes last night. Patrick Beverly had 18 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, and four steals with a block. Four three-pointers. Pretty much a career game for Patrick Beverly when it comes to uh, looking at a fantasy stat line. are you? Do you have any interest in Patrick Beverly, standard league relevant, over the next month or so? 
No, see, I held out hope for Beverly for a long time this season in the sense that we've seen him kind of have some special steals and blocks numbers and, you know, produce some decent assists for a point guard. But, man, he's just really not getting the minutes on this Clippers team. And it, it has a lot to do with the whole Shea Gilders-Alexander thing too, right? Like, there's Avery Bradley, you know, they're they're just splitting the minutes between so many guards on this team. And they have so many. Lou Williams, we mentioned, you know, they got Jerome Robinson, who hasn't been playing a whole ton, but he's on the roster. You know what I mean? Milos Tadoshic can't get a sniff for minutes. So I think they're just going to keep splitting the minutes with, you know, everybody getting somewhere between 25 and 30, and it's going to hurt the value of a lot of these guys. Um, so if you told me Beverly was going to play like 30 to 32 minutes a game, I'd be somewhat interested in Beverly, especially as that streamer's class, or maybe even worth owning, depending on if he was – had the ball in his hands a little bit more, playing a little bit more point guard. But from what I've seen so far, I think, you know, he's he's probably not even really that much of a streamer in the sense that, like, what is he really doing that super helps you? Yeah, I, man, you do wish you could just, like, if they would throw him in a point guard, let him have at it, let him just kind of run the team. Like, that'd be nice, even though, like, I know this night is, like, what he excels at, but – that would be the only way he becomes fancy relevant and getting those steals, getting uh, the, the assist up with being the uh, kind of the premier point guard on the Clippers. And he's just, that's just not going to happen. What we got to hope for is a, is a Clippers magic trade where Pat yeah. Beverly goes to the magic and well, gets to be the point guard. That would be great. That would be ideal because who, who is the point guard now in Orlando? Does anybody know? Uh, DJ Augustine's actually not been playing that bad. Oh, good for him. Good for TJ Augustine. I'm pr- I'm proud of him for staying relevant after all these years. Uh, who would have thought? Was DJ Augustine, did he play in Texas? In Texas or for Texas? For the University of Texas. Was he on that KD team? That's a good question. I'd have to look that up. I, I do think not he was. remember. I he know. did play for Texas in college. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good memory, Mike. I had compartmentalized that somewhere far back in my brain. I was trying to think of how long DJ Augustine has been in the league, and I was like racking my brain, and I was like, okay, University of Texas, KD, uh, that was quite a bit, of, quite a while ago. He is currently thirty-one years old. So the fact that like DJ Augustine has played in the NBA for for this long, this many years. I'm actually, I'm actually surprised. Eleven Jeez. years, eleven seasons. Ninth pick in the 2008 draft. Do you know who is the two? Who's the number one pick in that draft, Mike? Uh, Julie Lokifer. Oh come on! What year was that? 2008, 2008 draft. Oh, he came out after KD, so it wasn't KD. Uh, blah 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 blah. Oh, I'm disappointed. Derrick Rose. Yes. I know you looked that up, you cheater. I did. I looked it up. I had to look it up. I was like, it's Kevin Durant. The Bucks taking Joe Alexander over DJ Augustine with the number eight pick. Uh, good choice. Great choice. Not a not a bad um, not a bad little draft here. This was actually a really good draft in the sense that there was a ton of guys even in the second round that worked out to be. NBA players like actual well no I'm lied the second round was pretty bad but the late first round was actually pretty darn good with yeah. Nick Batum, Serge Ibaka, George Hill. Uh, Brooke Lopez was in this draft. It feels 
Man, I, I I'm I can't believe Brooke Lopez. Brooke and Robin were both in this draft. And Robin Lopez were both in in the Derrick Rose draft. That's such a long time ago. Roy Hebert was in this draft. R.I.P. Roy Hebert. McGee was in in the in the just Serge Ibaka. Nick Batum, George Hill, Daryl Arthur, DJ White. DeAndre Jordan was in the second round of this draft. Mario Chalmers. Poor one out Pekovic. Poor one out. He was one of my favorite players for a hot minute. I'm not going to lie. Basically everything that Nurkic is is what Pekovic should have been. Like he just like mean mugged some guys and stared them down. And I was like, dude, I'm on board with this cat. He was a scary, scary, giant Montenegrin man. Like, just, uh, just a like a beast of, of a human being. What's crazy is like how fast some of these guys like flame out. Like him, and Roy Hibbert, both kind of do the same thing. Like, they were like really good for a hot second, and then well, at least Roy Hibbert. By the way, Toronto Raptors uh, traded traded him to Indiana. That's interesting. Um. Once Roy Hibbard, like Roy Hibbard actually had like a like a period of time where he was like an elite center in the league, where it was like, man, if Roy Hibbard could just figure out how to have a more offensive game, and he was like the king of like the straight jump jumping straight up and 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 this for some reason jumping straight up and still running into the person is not a foul. Uh there was a whole couple of playoff series where the goal was to try to injure Derrick Rose because that would be the only way that the Indiana Pacers could win. So, you know, fuck the Indiana Pacers and, and fuck, fuck Indiana as well. Um, but, like, the league evolved as Roy Hibbard, like, became valuable. The league, like, evolved out from under him, and he just, like, fell off the face of the earth. I will agree with that. Like, there was a moment, though, where – what was the trade? Oh, God, I wish I could remember. He was, like, a two-time All-Star. And the, they were talking about trading him, and like somebody offered something crazy for it, for him. And then like two years later, he was out of the league. Yeah, what was it? I don't remember. I, I know what you're talking about. He, um, he was. I mean, he was traded to the Lakers for a second round pick, and then he was traded um, to the Bucks for Miles Plumley. Man, I, I know what I remember what you're talking about. They probably should have made that trade, guys. Um, you know what? Good riddance, Roy Hibbard. I hope you know. I hope he's all right. But like that guy's not. That guy should have never been an all star. The East was so bad. All those all those years, there was only like two valid teams. Whatever team was LeBron was on, uh, and then like I guess. You know the 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 Wade Heat were valid for a little bit. You know the Bosch Raptors were okay. Uh, the only real like the only real good team was the healthy Rose Chicago Bulls. Like that was the best team in the league for most wins in the in the league for two years straight. And that was should have been the LeBron versus Bulls for like you know that should have been basically that entire period of, of NBA history and instead we had to deal with the Pacers. Oof. The those Pacers team were not that good. Dude, you're just hating today. You're you got your hate. You've been drinking your haterade. The Pacers were not that good. We gotta get you back to work so that way you, you you're a little bit happier. No. I I know 
I was there. I went to. I went, even went to some Pacers playoff games. They weren't that good. They never ever had a chance against the Heat. Just not even close. Sorry, sorry, Indiana. Not really. What a what a what a terrible state. Um, all right. Enough about the DJ Augustine leading into the uh, trashing of Indiana and the Indiana Pacers. Uh, though, I'm gonna throw Indiana Pacers a bone. Not the state of Indiana. One of the better, if not a uh, top tier stadium to go watch a basketball game at. So shout out, hey. shout out to the Pacers for that. Let's get back to the waiver wire this week. Um, here is the number one guy that everybody is picking up. Everybody's excited about for some reason. Uh, Anti Zizek. Anti? There's someone Anti. He's the anti Zizek. To my Zizek, the most handsome Cleveland Cavalier, easily, um, is, you know, he's feasting on the lack of Tristan Thompson, uh, getting boards, the occasional block, scoring some points. Not doing a a whole lot, like, to be, like, an outstanding fantasy player, but he's doing enough to be relevant. Tyler, what is what is your outlook on Zizek this uh, this coming month? Man, this is a good question because we've seen this guy kind of bubble up in the past, right, and then quickly slide into obscurity. Um, so the question becomes, can he hold the value? Um, so these Greg Monroe or this uh, Roy Hibbert thing is crazy too. Apparently, that there were a ton of like offers for him when they first put him on the block, including for people like Greg Monroe, uh, Goran Dragic, and the Pacers apparently said no to all of them, and then Roy Hibbert was out of the NBA in like two years. So It's a shame. Not really. It's great, Diana, but I guess they came back with Oladipo. Good trade. Um, is, is the anti is the anti Zizek, is he the modern-day Roy Hibbert? Um, no. So, I mean, this is probably only going to last till Tristan Thompson comes back, right? They're both centers. Um, so there's that to be said. For Zizic, I mean, come on. He he wasn't playing 13 and a half minutes a game on the season for this Cavs team. Like, Yeah, one of, the, one of the worst teams in the league. He can barely get on the court. He doesn't have good percentages, a good free throw shooter for, for a big – um, a decent but rebounder he, when you look at his his per thirty six. But that's what I mean. He's rebounder. literally like a three category, four category contributor because like okay, he's got good percentages, but he's not taking a ton of volume, so that's not super helping you. And he's averaging like twelve and a half points and like six rebounds for this month. But other than that, there's like no defensive stats. There's no assists. There's no threes. So. Yes, I mean, it's it's the categories that everybody seems to either ignore or punt. His uh, he's really good at never turning the ball over because he probably doesn't have the ball in his hands more than two seconds anyway. Uh, his free throws and pre- his percentages are fine, like they're pretty good for a, a big. Uh, and then he's a rebound and, and points guy. And we we just talked about a bunch of rebounds, uh, rebounds and points guy. Like Julio Okafor is a rebound and point guy. Uh, and he's definitely going to be if he if you told me both of these guys are going to play 28 minutes a game for the next month, uh, I'd probably take Okafor over uh, Zizic. Yeah, and the minutes thing is just hard to believe in for this guy, man. Like 
on that team as bad as that, if you're getting DMP CDs, like I don't have a lot of faith in you. No, that's that's pretty bad. I mean, this team is very bad. They're worse than the Bulls. I didn't think that would be possible, but they are. They're worse than the Bulls. Well, and the Bulls at least have some exciting players. Like, who who's Cleveland have? Yeah, like, is anyone truly excited about uh, Seti Osman or Colin Sexton? That's what I mean. Jordan Clarkson is a can get some points, but can't play any defense. Point guard of the future, Cameron Payne. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that Cavs team is just bad, bad. And, you know, they got Kevin Love, I guess, but. I don't know that that's an asset at the, this point, just in the sense that he's on that huge contract. And I mean, Kevin loves good, but he's got a, a lengthy injury history and you know what I mean? I just, I don't know. I don't know about Cleveland, man. I don't either. Um, I will give a shout out. I, I think this is a, uh, um, if I, if I see how many people have actually added this guy, not quite, you know, quite a few to like to over 2000 ads. For Mo Harkless, you know what's strange, Tyler? We, you know, I, I'm pretty sure we have over 2,000 subscribers. And it looks like a little over 2,000 people added Mo Harkless on Yahoo. I'm just, I, I know people, uh, you know, listen to your advice, Tyler. I know you got, uh, you're an influencer in the fantasy basketball space. I wonder if this is this Mo Harkless love is all from the one and only Tyler Watts. I thought maybe I just made 2,000 Yahoo accounts and added them in every one. That's, that's also my guess. I assume you are the 2,000. You have subscribed to this podcast with all your Yahoo accounts as well. So you have all those emails. You have all those podcast subscriptions. And you added Mo Harkless in all 2,000 of your leagues. So congratulations. I, I'm very good, man. I'm just – I can influence anything. You are – yeah, I mean that's – Quite frankly, a lot of influencers out there just bought a lot of their followers and use that to be considered an influencer, which if you're considered an influencer, you get more follows. And it's like this re- uh, reoccurring or cyclical fucking doggy, heady tail kind of nonsense that uh, blows you up into someone who ends up at Firefest and then you are... Uh, fighting for your life with a bunch of other rich idiots um, who, um, you know, get what they deserve. I'm no, pretty sure no. that was a sentence where you didn't say anything. You just said a bunch of words. I'm not sure I that wanted, even made any sense. I wanted to humble brag that I watched the Fire Festival uh, Netflix. Uh, it's on. There's another one on Hulu, too. I'll probably check it out. But if everybody remembers the Fire Festival ordeal, I feel bad for literally no one involves other than the contractors and the people on the islands who did all the hard work, all the people who did hard labor, hard work, worked on this project, and then they, uh, the, these scumbag rich people just uh, just stiffed them. You know, uh, get a class action lawsuit and sue these people. Like, get, get that money, because they certainly don't deserve it. Um, and that's, you know, that's the, the you got to be careful, Tyler. I don't want you to get mixed up in that since you're an influencer now. I don't want you to get mixed oh. up in the fire, next fire festival. I mean, anything could happen, I guess. Yeah, who knows? Who knows where you'll be this time next year, Tyler? Um, are there any other waiver wire players that you've been kind of keeping an eye on, Tyler? No, man, I think that about covers it. Yeah, I, th- I think 
that is about it. I mean, we, we often talk about uh, a lot of these players, and it still seems like there's a, you know, people are picking up Bismack Biombo, just like Tyler has been letting uh, you know everybody know for the last you know couple weeks. Um, here's one I'd like to throw out there. Marco Bellinelli on the Spurs. One last one. DeMar DeRozan is going to miss some time. Uh, Bellinelli is now playing extra minutes. Is Bellinelli probably the the guy we talked about the most today? Maybe Rondo or Bellinelli. Who would you rather have if I could guarantee that they would play 32 minutes a game for the next two weeks? Well, I mean, this is a good question in the sense that it's probably not going to happen, right? We know Pop doesn't like to play anyone. Super, super huge minutes. True. Um, so that's, that's what we're saying. We saw Bellinelli have – a really good 28 games with the Sixers last year and that kind of half a season. And he played pretty well for the Hawks uh, too. I definitely rather have Rondo. I mean, he stands out in that assist category, gets you some rebounds, going to get you some steals. Bellinelli's probably more like even at 30 minutes a game, like a one steal guy with a couple of assists, like two and a half assists, right? Like two and a half rebounds. Maybe he's basically going to be an ad for three pointers and points. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's, there's a lot of those guys out there, so I'd definitely rather than Rondo. Yeah, there, the, there, there are rare categories that you get from Rondo, but I'd say Bellinelli is is almost as valuable depending on what you're what you're if you're if you're okay in assists, Bellinelli becomes a lot more interesting. Yeah, I feel like we know what Bellinelli is too. Like, if you need what Bellinelli is going to give you, I mean, that's fine. He's playing more minutes. He's going to keep playing more minutes. Um, I mean, I'm just – it's not – it's hard for me to say, like, yeah, definitely Adam because there's not much steals and blocks help. I mean, like, maybe one steal a game. There's not a ton of assists and rebounds help. So it's just kind of a very boxed-in skill set. That is true. I think that is it for the waiver wire this week, Tyler. Um, listeners, if you like what you're hearing, please – rate and review us, whatever you're listening to this on. Uh, really helps people find the podcast, helps us out, gets us out there. Uh, on top of that, go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. If you'd like to subscribe, get uh, to listen to this podcast and our uh, buy low, sell high podcast before it is released on the normal podcast stream. So you get exclusive content along with direct access to Tyler and I. So go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes and help, you know, fund and, and support the show. We really appreciate that. If you want to get a hold of us for feedback on the show, you can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts, along with all the other stuff he is writing about the Dallas Mavericks and all over the, about the NBA and fantasy basketball. And you can find me at watch the boxes, tweeting out insults uh, to various states and cities um, and inappropriate uh, comments that uh, are pretty ice-cold takes within two weeks during a basketball game with the Bulls where I'm just, you know, just angry tweeting um, and, and maybe even the occasional uh, pop culture reference. No, no, no substance whatsoever if you'd like to follow me at Watch the Boxes. I think that's it for tonight. Everybody, we'll see you next time.